Folks, if you'd like a copy of my best-selling first book, Tales of a First-Round Nothing, head on over to ecwpress.com. If you'd like a copy of my second book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to www.flankerpress.com. If you'd like either copy personalized, just add a note. Thanks for listening to my podcast, and happy reading. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome to Tales with TR, episode 181A. I'm your host, Terry Ryan Jr., coming at you from beautiful Sudbury, Ontario, coming at you with a hell of a hangover. Thank you to the Glorious Sons, specifically Adam Pacman, Packer Packett. The drummer for leaving us uh, some backstage VIP passes. It was awesome. We went back and literally drank every drink that was there. <laughs> we shut the place down. I'm not sure they expected that when they invited us back, but it was an awesome time. Trevor Crane, shout out to my good buddy from St. John's, Newfoundland, who moved to Kingston a long time ago. I don't really see Trevor as much anymore, but we kept in contact, and he shoots me a note, says the glorious sons are playing tonight in Sudbury. Do you want to go to the show? Uh, the only, I mean, I follow the Glorious Sons. <clears throat> God, I, I guess a lot of people don't know who I'm talking about. They're a big band here in Canada, but I believe they've, they've gone stateside too, I believe. I saw them on some show. I thought it was Jimmy Fallon, although I couldn't find it on YouTube. One of those, I don't know, if you go to Spotify, like their top songs have like, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 million listens, right? So... I'm assuming most people know who I'm talking about. Um, if I if 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 you don't, uh, they came into prominence for me in about 2016, I think. I was in the St. John's Caps dressing room. A guy, Pat Power, Peanut Power, who's now a lawyer in Toronto, Peanut Power, turned me on to them. It was an album called The Union, I believe, and the song was called Heavy. Um, other songs you might know. Everybody knows "Sawed Off Shotgun," SOS. Mercy, Mercy, um, Speed of Light just came out. Um, I believe they had another one just come out, Killing the Myth. Um, anyway, they're, they're, they're a good band. They've got at least four or five albums that are worth a listen. You know, old school singer-songwriters that use instruments. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, it was a fucking deadly time because we were we shoot part of Shorzy, part of it. Um, I'd say maybe a third of the time. Doesn't matter really. A quarter of the time, we're we're in a place called Capriol, C A P R E O L, and that's about a half hour away from Sudbury, roughly. 
And that's so like when we were, they, I usually, I'm just tuned out. Like if we're out there and I get up, we get picked up in the morning yesterday. It was seven o'clock, I believe. And get shipped out there. You know, we read over our stuff, get to our trailers. Usually wardrobes, there waiting for us go about the day. So I, I'm just kind of tuned out and you know, you have so many lines to remember and scenes, orders. And, you know, we, like today, technically Shorzy is, is, is being filmed or just a bunch of us have a day off. Right. Cause we don't, we're not in every scene, obviously. So anyway, when it, it's just a lot that goes into it. So I kind of tune out of anything local for the most part, because I have to pay attention to the Oilers. I have to pay attention to this podcast and guests. I don't know who that's going to be tomorrow, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I got a few options. But that's what I mean. I'm running by the seat of my pants at this. I've explained it before. Thanks for tuning in and, and pardon my inconsistency. I'd love to announce my guests every week. It would probably help numbers if people knew who was coming, especially if it was a big – I know I got Jeremy Roenick coming soon, but again, I hate to get in scheduling conflicts with people that are asked so, so much um, so often. You know, I mean, everybody and their dog wants Roenick on. Uh, he's a fucking legend who likes to speak and is good at it and has a lot of hot takes. Who fuck? Who the fuck wouldn't want a guy like that on? I just don't want to fuck up the uh, the ske- you know, the scheduling, and then you lose a bit of respect and trust for the next time. And so it's usually layups. That's why, I, as I've been in Sudbury, I've um. I'm drifting off on another rant again. Um, anyway, that that that's why I, you know, it's usually people from in and around the show, which I think you guys like anyway. And Cam Fergus, by the way, was a great fucking guest last week. Uh, if you haven't heard that one yet, listen, uh, he was one of my favorite guests ever. And we didn't even really get into the stunts that Cam does. But anyway, um, getting back to the glorious sons. So anyway, the show we head down. Yeah, it was about maybe maybe like seven or seven thirty. Trev fucking sends me a message. Uh, Packer watches the show. He's got tickets for you guys if you want them. So I said, "Well, fuck." I, I didn't think we were going to be done. We got out of there at about eight thirty yesterday, so we bolted straight here. I got right to the hotel. Um, me, uh, Fish, Goody, Dolo, and McD, and we were like, "Fuck it." We, we, we as soon as we got here, we changed. Bolted down, and a friend of mine from uh, Sudbury, Caitlin, um, nice girl, and uh, she wanted to see the Glorious Sons as well. So I was like, "Fuck it, you know, why not come with us?" So we went, and they put on a hell of a show. Went backstage, and like I said, had a great conversation with a few of the guys in the band. Had some beers, and and a lot of the other fans there. Uh, a couple were hockey players, um, and you know. When it comes to hockey, it's like the film world. Like they say, like six degrees of Kevin Bacon. There's not a, like I, I don't think you can, in the hockey world you're you're three deg- degrees removed from anybody. And these dudes were uh, they had played with the Wolves of the OHL and they had their own stories. They played minor pro, so we had a great time. And then we headed over to a couple of local bars. Finished at the station, which is a wild little spot with lots of board games and whatnot. It's a little watering hole we like to visit. But anyway, it was a fucking awesome time. Uh, thanks, Trevor Crane. Once again, thanks, Adam Pac-Man Packett. What a guy. Um, and, and the rest of the glorious sons that made it happen. Highly recommend their music. 
In this world where there's less and less instruments being played and songs being written uh, in the rock and roll, I guess. You know, there's not as much rock and roll. That's not necessarily a complaint, although I do love rock and roll. I pretty much welcome any genre. Last week, my biggest was probably uh, classical. Got into Johann Sebastian Bach. And it's wild. He's the first composer, I guess. I mean, he was hundreds of years ago. He was alive. But he's the first composer that I can almost tell by ear that it's Bach, right? Like if you, I, I don't know, if you're into Pearl Jam or the Beatles or the Stones or fucking ACDC, right? You, you, you can hear it, but I mean, this is 2023 and, you know, people are actually singing and different instruments and all that. But when it comes to classical one often thinks you can't tell one artist from another. You can't tell Mozart from Beethoven, from Bach. Um, Schoser, no, not Schoser. Who's the, uh, oh God. My favorite Canadian, local, uh, Frank Mills. Check out Music Box Dancer and uh, Peter Piper. Check those songs out now, okay? That just popped into my mind. He's one of my favorite Canadian composers. His name is Frank Mills. I saw him at the Arts and Culture Center when I was a kid, and I couldn't believe how magic a man with a piano could sound. And I'd heard Liberace. I know the Beatles, obviously, uh, Elton John, Billy Joel, but this guy just fucking came out with a piano. That's it. With no fucking singing. It's fucking wild. Music box dancer. I think that became really famous. It was in a movie before my time, maybe, maybe like early '80s or something. Um, I was born in '77. Um, I think you'll recognize the song, to be honest. And and this his second big big one was like these are fucking top forty hits by a composer, a, a pianist, which is rare. Uh, Peter Piper. Anyway, now I'm off on another fucking tangent. Um, but what was I getting at? Oh yeah. The glorious sons. I like all forms of music. I really do. I think it's in a bit of a void though. I, I, I really think that the music industry, I mean, um, for a lot of reasons, but I don't want to get into that on this episode. Um, you know, I, I'm not just talking from my... I, a lot of people would think because of my age and I like the Beatles that I'm probably all about classic rock. I mean, I am. I love classic rock. But it's probably like a fifth or a quarter of... what. Why am I with all... What's today? Like math day? These fractions. Um, you know, it's probably like a quarter of what I listen to. I listen to all kinds of stuff. Um, you know, I don't fucking know. Name it. Bluegrass, hip-hop, fucking classical blues you know i love miles davis fucking billy holiday is one of my favorites you know i'm all over the map i just think right now if you were to hear say what's popular a lot of it i, I don't even understand it, I, I, it doesn't have a beat the lyrics are nothing to write home about no pun intended it's just blah a lot of it i don't want to get specific and maybe I'm old man staring, yelling at the clouds, but I really don't think so. I don't. Um, and I appreciate a good singer-songwriter. They're out there. It's just not that popular. Um, 
and you know, rock and roll isn't that popular. But uh, I don't know. I prefer rap in the fucking 90s and 2000s, to be honest. You know? Like me some Dre, some Snoop, NWA, or one of the fucking most brilliant bands ever. Right? It's not a rap versus rock thing. It's not a black versus white thing. I just think now, if you were to listen to Spotify's top 40 in your country, whatever it is, and that list changes so much now, it used to, that part, I guess, is dated. But I'm just saying, the things that are popular. Now, it's ringtones drive it, right? I was reading this article in Rolling Stone magazine. Like, all kinds of things. You know, there might be a TikTok, obviously, right? Uh, someone might have a ringtone that's popular in a TV show. And, you know, ringtones have been in the top 40, stuff like that. It's harder to keep track now. It used to be just sales, right? So, I mean, what is popular? TikTok's popular. One TikTok, you know, might reach more ears than the new fucking Green Day album, Right? And it might be all about what's happening on the TikTok. So it's not even music that drives music industry anymore. You know, it's just a weird kind of time. And I don't see it changing. But the talent's out there and everything. I'm just saying I, there are still bands. There are still people that play music. Shout out to my real good buddies at home, Derek Graham and Nick Earl. Check out Nick Earl. Restless Hearts. Fuck, they're great. Derek Graham just moved back. You know, a lot of these are my buddies that play covers, but they've got lots of their own great stuff. Uh, David White from St. John's, just giving a few of my friends a shout out. Dave White. But anyway, you know, what am I talking about here? One thing, though, I don't get, like Spotify coming out with these lists. So if you listen to Spotify, and I'm sure most people that I'm talking to here do to some degree, even if it's just podcasts. And by the way, I talk about Spotify a lot, which kind of, even though they're ultra popular worldwide, I'm still kind of promoting them. And they fuck the whole process. It's not just Spotify. I mean, it's the internet. Kind of fucked over musicians. So if I'm going to sit here and talk about that, which is inadvertently promoting Spotify, I want to point out that any band that I like, I, I still I go out and buy the fucking CD. Just, I might even not hear it, but I do have a CD player in my Jeep that I use. Me and Penny Lane really enjoy it, and it forces us to listen to albums. I, I guess it was me kind of forcing it on her, but she she does enjoy it. We get in, and sometimes we listen to playlists, but often she'll say, you know, throw on an album, and uh, we'll we'll uh, throw in, I don't know, fucking any one of a number of CD by album. I mean, you know, not the actual vinyl record, but an album, you know, that was meant to be. Uh, songs in order in a package with a cover. Um, and uh, anyway, so if I'm going to listen to Spotify and I, I figure I'm, especially bands that I really like, not every single song, but like a band like the Glorious Sons, who I sit here and talk about and hoping that they're popular and they, they gain success because I like that kind of music, I go out and buy their shit. That first album I mentioned, Heavy, I remember that, yeah, that, that's my thought process. I went down to Fred's Records, and I believe I ordered it. <laughs> um, but I make sure to do that, support artists. Like, I know what it's like to have someone buy my book and then pass it around a bus. It's all good, because the word gets out there, and I didn't write my book to make money. More than anything, I'm glad that my, 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 my story got 
got out there and my stories, I guess, my little anecdotes and about my small and unimportant, minute life in the scheme of things that a lot of people have read it. The actual buying and the money making, that was a secondary thing and I'm glad it still happens. But no one's making a million bucks in the in the in the book business. Like but and lots of times, you know, like people tell me, you know, yeah, I, I bought the you know, they'll be on a team and they'll buy the book and everybody will share it. And you know, so twenty people read it, one person buys it. That's fine though. Honestly, I'm not complaining about that because I knew that going in. But if I was strictly an author and I didn't do anything else, I, I think it would bother me a bit. Um, not, not, not that process of, of, you know, because I appreciate people reading it, but just the setup, you know, like, like if you're a musician and you're, and you're, you're pouring your heart into these songs, even more so your point. Cause you know, people kind of knew my story. It's, it's, I'm glad that I wrote the book and ECW let me do it without a ghostwriter. They let me write it how I wanted it written, how my journals were written. And I went and edited it myself and chose the stories that I wanted. A lot of other companies wanted like all NHL stuff. And I was like, no, that was just a small part of my life. And I'm proud of my life. You know, I'm not just proud of the Montreal Canadians. That was nice. And I'll forever be grateful that that happened. But it was a small little snippet of my life. It was, what, three or four years. That's it. And I considered my hockey career, quote unquote, you know, I, I consider that starting when I was like five or six. Like, I don't know, when I was a kid, I really just felt I was a hockey player and my dad was a hockey player. I didn't really give it much thought. I knew I was a hockey player. I was creative writer as well. I, I would do well in school. I, in my mind, I guess, I, I, I can't really remember my thought process, but I know it was something to do with hockey. I know that. And I know that my dad coaching the junior and the senior teams growing up and always being on the ice. And, you know, I went away at 14. So I must have had an idea. I wouldn't have gone if I, I definitely wouldn't have gone. I didn't want to leave. I did not want to leave my home pre-internet. Fuck, man. With an accent, fucking 14 years old, zits all over my face, go out to play junior in BC. Oh, my God. I'd rather be fucking hit across the face with a sack of hammers for a week. Fuck, man. I fucking hated, hated having to do it. Oh man, I cried. I, but I knew that. And Dad gave me the option. We we're on the plane. I remember saying, "We can get off now, man. You can score six goals a game for O'Donnell High School. Be a big fish, man." But I'm telling you now, you you're, you're good enough to make it. And uh, so I just logically thought about it, man. I looked myself in the mirror. I remember and literally talking to myself, looking into my own eyes. I do that. When the stakes are real, real low, I and, and and or real high, I guess real low. When I'm feeling really low and the stakes are high, and I have to make a decision, and I just looked in the mirror. I said, "Got this out. You fucking do this. You do it. You do it. You'll do it because you'll regret it forever, and you don't want to regret something forever." And then Dad said, "I remember." He said, "How about you give it a month? Give it a month, and um, I, I, I promise you." I promise you that if you don't like it, we'll go home. And you're only 14. I remember him saying, like, you got all all the time in the world. But it was a great opportunity. And yeah, fuck, I, I have no idea how I started talking about this. As I said, I'm hungover. I got a couple of gummies in me, but I don't know. Oh, something about, yeah, oh my fuck, yeah, the, the book. Jesus. So that 
part of me, like the author. I, I, I'm, I'm, I've always considered myself somewhat of a writer too, but it's more to myself, right? Because I'm writing. I have stacks and stacks of binders and, and writings and little poems and short stories. Some of them fact, some of them fiction. But I always kept little things that would happen to me. I'd write them down, right? And and so a lot of it's public in the book. A lot of it's just a kid growing up. But I'm glad that I poured that into the book and the people that read it. I'm happy that they're reading my story the way I wanted it to be told. But if I was a musician, you know, and relied on that, like, you know, if you're a musician, you know, you're, you're, you're playing a lot of music. I mean, I don't know, playing on George Street, it's, it's a living. But, you know, it's a lot of late nights. It's a lot of counting loonies and pennies, you know. I just mean like, you know, a few hundred bucks here, a few hundred bucks there. I know how it is, man. I ran bars before. I've been a beer rep and, I, you know, I've I've seen it. I, I live in Newfoundland. I, I, I go to George Street every week, which is packed with live singer-songwriters. And, um, you know, Spotify really kind of fucked up their living in a way. And if it wasn't Spotify, it'd be something else. What was it back in the day? Napster? But it was common, right? It's the internet. So I like to support a band, especially if they get us tickets. Now, I knew the Glorious Sons before. I've seen them live. They came to St. John's just the past summer. But I didn't know that they were fans of the show or anything, and they, they had us down. It was nice to meet them. Nice to see that they're good people. Um, but yeah, you know, so point is, if there's a band that I even remotely like, I'll buy the CD or, or the vinyl. Listen to a lot of vinyl. It's just not always available. Um, but I do. Um, but I, I just make sure and support him, right? Um, Ted Nolan's here, who just wrote a book. Um, he's actually like here today. Uh, he's two of the gyms, Brandon and Jordan. It's their father. So I bought a book off him. I like to support that. But uh, anyway, what I was going to say earlier about Spotify, all these lists coming, fuck them all over the place. But all these lists, fucking like, you know, your, your most listened songs, albums of the year, podcasts and stuff. It's fucking December 1st, is it? It's, no, it's, it's November 30th. These things came out two days ago, November 20th. What are you talking about? The year. Don't we have another month left? Am I fucking crazy? Or like, it's not the, like uh, one whole twelfth. This is fucking fraction day. One twelfth of the year hasn't happened yet. Right? I find it. I think that's a significant portion. Like, so it's not a yearly list. What's the rush? Why does Spotify have to give the yearly list in November? Like, I, I don't understand it. I don't. And December's a big fucking part of the year. Right? I mean, meaning like it's changing of the seasons. There's lots of fucking songs released at Christmas. Um, lots of albums, you know, generally the most at that time of year. And you're going to put out, and you know, but I mean, what is the fucking rush? It's a metaphor for everything else. 
so many things are fucking what's the word just fast packaged now and and and, and quick remember when like a music video used to be like a short form of music now it's like like no one wants to watch a full video they watch like 14 second snippet on tiktok of that music being played as someone juggles with fucking fiery bowling pins or some shit but you know it's just in this fast package fucking world what's the rush we don't why rush if we don't have to so this list coming out in november and we all buy it we all buy into it and post the list well wherever you are whoever runs spotify you'll never hear this but fucking relax fucking relax the year's not over just imagine if that so if people just assume the year was over in november i'm 46 years old that's 46 months of my life that you're just passing off as nothing december doesn't matter 46 months right years of my life would just be discounted if we didn't count december what is the fucking rush sit back breathe and include december in your fucking calendar year spotify not that you'll ever hear this on the off chance you do relax uh what the hell else was i going to talk about here folks just give me a second what a mess today although me and fish went down for a hot tub earlier and uh, i do love that about the hotel we're in fucking awesome setup it's actually ever noticed a lot of hotels now don't have a hot tub i don't know if it was after covid that people to me it's like really hot water like they're the least worried i'd be more worried about kids pissing in it really but i don't really worry about that whatever it's just out of sight out of mind but obviously you know kids piss in it right you go into any public pool you you're a hundred percent certain that you're you're swimming in that water and it contains human urine you're positive of that you really think about it anyway i like everybody else i just turn a blind eye but i have noticed and i stay in a lot of hotels in a lot of different places and i've noticed since covid a lot of the hot tubs are shut down i don't the science doesn't make sense to me why that would be the case but i don't know if it's sanitary reasons i don't but this hotel and not only do they have a hot tub it's actually hot that's my other thing hot tubs in hotels usually exist but they're either shut down or they're there and they're working they're functional but they're like lukewarm which is even more of a piss off just end up getting a hot bath but anyway this one has a pool it has a hot tub i guess it doesn't have great internet we'll find out after this pod um and i apologize i know that it's shaky here and there guys there's nothing i can do about that i've tried every hookup there at the hotel i've moved rooms and this is the best it's going to get for the next 19 days after that i'll be back at home firing on all cylinders um 
God. Jason Greger. Okay, so I'm on the Jason Greger show again today in just an hour and a half. I'm looking forward to that. A lot of you guys asked me questions about the Oilers. So for today, I'm just going to say tune into that. Tune into Mondays and Thursdays, I'm on with Gregor. And I end up repeating myself. Now, a lot of you, so just tune into that, okay? Um, if you can. That's where I'll talk about the Oilers. Um, and we talk about it a lot. You can imagine uh, a hockey program in the heart of Oilers Nation, especially while they started so poorly. I mean, there's people freaking out. There's a lot of big-time fans that that follow it, that phone in. Uh, a lot of the guests is very Oilers-centric, but it should be. I expect that out of Edmonton. That's why they're such fucking great fans. One of my greatest years ever, the most fun, was 96, 97, playing for the Red Deer Rebels, man. In Alberta, hockey fans, fucking, if you're if you're on a heater, they really support it. I go back now, and people remember it. I go back to Red Deer, like you know, here and there, and uh, not not even for hockey reasons. A lot, just friends there. I guess it all is under the hockey umbrella, but you know what I mean. I, I I'm going out in Calgary. I'll probably drive up. I'm going out in short January to Calgary. I'll probably drive up. Um, my old billets, shout out to the Tomalties. But anyway, yeah, like I'll, I'll be in like a fucking gas station and someone will come in and go, ah, man, that was a great run in 96, 97. It's that kind of thing. People really appreciate um, good hockey team. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. With DraftKings, you can bet on any game you want. Whether you want to bet the puck line or the over-under, DraftKings has something for everybody. And if you want, you can throw down on your favorite player as an anytime goal scorer. Or if you're looking for a long-term bet, maybe you want to predict the Stanley Cup champion. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. New customers get $150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boothill Casino and Resort, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. Oh, I wanted to mention my buddy Joe Dolo. So, guys, check out his music. He's a really... Um, Jonathan Diaby. Okay? So he plays Dolo on the show. Um... I mean, of all of us, I mean, I'm playing a Newfoundlander, but I have to remind people, like, I'm not Ted Hitchcock, right? There are similarities. I think Keith enjoys that, like that Hitch likes music, and, and so so do I. Um, a lot of the same music. Um, but, you know, the obvious is that Hitch is a defenseman and I'm not in regular life. But, there's only so much we know about Hitch so far. And 
you know, obviously there's similarities. He's an ex first round pick. He's from uh, Newfoundland, but yeah, uh, I, I was gonna because I I I don't want to give away like season three. I nearly did just then. What happens? Yeah, there will be a little bit more depth, right? As there are to all the characters. But my point being, Joe Dolo is the closest to like playing himself. Like in the show, I mean, I, 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 there are slight differences. Like he doesn't lead with French all the time in real life, but he is French. He's a defenseman, a hockey player, a damn good one. Played a full year in the American Hockey League, like 6'4", 6'5", 220, a big deep, mobile. Like, you know, this this guy is like, you know, like of all of us, he can do the Michigan pretty good. Like, he can do it at the drop of a hat. Um, you know, real good hands for a big guy, a rocket of a shot. And, you know, spent three years in the minors, like, third round pick the Nashville Predators you know like he's a big time hockey player but he's a rapper as well and he quit hockey I'm gonna I don't want to put words in his mouth I've had him on this podcast but in pursuit of a rap dream that he had you know he would be writing on the on the bus and I, and I remember he said to me he said Terry like like I real there was a point that I realized you know my heart was in in writing and, and rapping and I've seen this guy at work. Like, he's really, really good. He's not mailing it in either. Like, he's got his computer set up down there with his speakers. He's always listening to new music um, to get ideas. He sits like I do. Like, I take my journal everywhere. I'll look over, and he, if he gets an idea, man, he'll go over and he'll write a song, and, like, he gets inspired. The more I, I get to know Joe Dolo in real life, the more I realize, like, this guy's an artist. He, he was a good hockey player. But he's meant to be creative, this guy, right? Um, I fully believe that he could have played in the NHL, though, uh, fully, given the right opportunity. He's a big guy with a fucking, like I said, a cannon of a shot. We're out there playing against pros and everything. Like, we're out there. We play enough that it's not all just in front of the camera. Like, we play a little bit um, three-on-three once in a while, especially at the start. You know, we're out there playing the hockey scenes. Like, we've got to actually be playing hockey, you know? Like, there's no tricks there. There's cameras. We, we kind of have an idea what's going to happen, obviously. But, you know, you've got to shoot the puck into the net. <laughs> you've got you've to be stick handling. You've got to show that agility. You, you know, you've got to show your hockey playing. And he's a great player. And looking at his numbers and where he got drafted and everything, I totally see what Nashville saw in him. And to be honest with you, I think they could have, I think another team maybe would have given him a chance, at least a few NHL games. I've seen far worse play in the NHL. That's true. Anyway, but now that I get to realize, you know, I keep going back to that first time because I was fascinated. First song I heard, I think at least the first one I was enamored with by him was called Feel Blessed. It's a great tune. Check it out. And, uh, but he's got now he's he's got like a he's fucking dropped a video yesterday. He's always writing. Going gold is coming next. And his I think his latest release is, release is called Taking Chances. But anyway, I really I'm not just saying it because he's my buddy. I have no reason to say it. He's not paying me any money to do this. I just really, really I, I got into it again this afternoon. I often get you know what I do when I'm hungover a lot? It's weird. I get in the bathtub, I turn the lights out, I put milk, skim milk in the freezer and until it's like just frozen in the glass, just 
huge glass and till it's like almost frozen. And then I go in the piping hot pan and I just listen to music. I'll often put on an artist and get in the bath and have it. So I can't even touch my phone if I wanted to. So I'm forced to like relax fucking with a nice cold glass of milk. I know a lot of people find that gross in a piping hot bath. Like can't get it any hotter without burning myself. And I listen. And today I just did a little bit of a dive into uh, <laughs> the Beatles. So the Beatles just had, like I said, they re- re- remastered one of their albums in um, coinciding with the release of Now and Then, their last song that only came out a month ago. But it's on the greatest hits. Uh, so they had two greatest hits packages, right? 62 to 66, 67 to 70. And uh, so they just added now and then. But it's remastered. It sounds a little bit different for a Beatles fan. It's worth listening to. But I hate, not hate, but I, I like to often listen to two or three artists and I don't know what's going to happen. So I just plugged in that those Beatles albums, the two greatest hits packages. And Dolo, maybe two or three. He's got an EP and a couple, maybe 15 Dolo songs and it was great and I was reminded of what a fucking great writer my buddy is you know and I I, I love Dolo's music I do it's like I don't know it reminds me of old school like there's a there's a beat usually there's a the lyrics are creative and funny a lot of the time like they're so good they're funny right like I love Jay-Z for that reason um, the Beastie Boys Run DMC, they're old, early Snoop, um, you know, the, the, I, I guess all Snoop, but early was my favorite. Um, Dr. Dre, like the lyrics are so good, they're almost funny. Uh, and sometimes it's on purpose, but sometimes it's not. Like, and Dolo's like that. Like the fucking guy can freestyle, he can rap. And when he gets inspired, boom, it's like he just creates something. I fucking love to watch it. Anyway. Why not give him a shout out? So check out all things Joe Dolo um, if you're into that. Start with Feel Blessed. That was the one that kind of turned me on to him. I, I would have checked him out anyway. And I would have supported him anyway. And I would have said he was good anyway because he's my friend. But I really, really encourage each and every one of you to just at least give it a chance. I fucking love to see people that are real creative and real good be rewarded. And uh, he's starting to come into his own now. He's starting to get a bit of a following. And I don't see that snowball getting any smaller. And we're actually going to tour after Christmas. So he's obviously going to tour his music. And I think I'm just going to get up and do a little blurb at the beginning, maybe. You know, like, you know, just there's so many uh, options. But, you know, I might just get up and tell a little story or do some stand-up or, or, you know... um, yeah, like, quote-unquote, like, public speaking, whatever that might be. Like, I'll open the show, kind of like MC it, but, but um, you know, I might even, I wrote a few small raps that are pure funny. Like, so, maybe we'll, uh, I'll give a bit of a, think of a live storytelling session. That's what I'm going to do. I say stand-up, but mine is more of a storytelling thing, as you probably know. So, I'm going to get up and tell stories for... 20 or 30 minutes, right? And then he's going to come on and blow the socks off it. And then uh, either at the beginning or the end, we'll do one of the ones I wrote in like 
again. <laughs> what I say, right? It's like when I have a guest on and I make rhymes at the beginning of the show. They're just rhymes. There, there's no depth to them, and they're almost cheesy. <laughs> right? Next to Dolo stuff, it looks terrible. But, but, uh, I think I'm doing it tongue in cheek, and I think people will realize that. I mean, I know I'm not a rapper, and um, I never will be. But it's probably a going to be a fun thing that we do together. Anyway, keep your uh, eyes and ears open. We're going to Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal, Fredericton. I think Calgary, but we'll be all over. And that'll be the first part of 2024. I'll also be in Banff, January 26th, to give a speech. Uh, my old buddy Tyler Gale, who's a police officer out there, they've got an event and uh, for raising money for charity. I'll, I'll announce more as the time approaches, but I'll be there then. I think I'm going to drive up to Edmonton. Do a live show, live, a live, live show um, on the Gregor show. <laughs> um that I'm on Mondays and Thursdays, but I'd like to drop up. I love Edmonton, and I'll probably probably be up there at the end of January. And in uh, right after that, I'll be in uh, Hershey, Pennsylvania, um, for another. I believe it's a hockey fights cancer thing. I'll be in Moncton for a hockey alumni event shortly after that. Um, but stay tuned. Um, I should have really had that stuff. I'll have dates next time. A lot of people ask and a lot of people plan on it. And um, I often don't announce these things and I probably should. Now, the last thing I'm going to say today. Okay. I'm getting a lot of these cameos. Um, if you want one of these things, uh, guys, I'm sorry. You got to go through cameo. A lot of, I don't mean to be a fucking dick either. I'm looking down now. Birthday for Joycey. Um, Joycey? How do you spell that? J-O-Y-S-E-A. Um, and anyway, yeah, sorry. So, like, I've got, so just, to, so I got three hours to do this, okay? Um, this one, for example, this is for this guy. What, what do they want? Uh, he'll be on a boat getting drunk with myself, Gav Damo. Um, and Daddy Galvin, they're turning 45, massive Shorty fat, Shorzy fan. He likes to talk about snipers, but he's a one-woman man. Can chirp as good as Shorzy, can drink Corona like it's water. Terry, please work your magic and send us a cameo, right? Now, I've got 10 of those to do by tomorrow at 5. This one has to be done in three hours. That's what I mean. Like, you know, and I want to do a good job for these people because they're paying money. I put the price up, man. It's at 134, right? So I'd love to do it for cheaper guys, but I can't because I don't have time. So please stop asking me to do these for free. I love you guys. And like every day though, people send me video. They're, they're like, Hey, can you send me, my kids got a game. Can you send one of those videos? I'm like, first of all, yes, but it really undermines everybody else. Let me get my ones that people pay for first out of the way, which is usually ongoing. And I feel it's an insult to them to just be firing them out free. And I don't have the time, guys. I don't. You know, I joke and Shorzy is great and everything, but we have to remember lines. Like, there's a lot of remembering to it. And, you know, knowing the character, and there is work that goes into it. Not to mention the 12, 13-hour workdays, of which this isn't one, but this is rare. I'm four or five days at least a week in there. And then on the other two days, scrambling for guests for my pod, doing, my, doing these cameos. 
right? Like, I, I got to do this in three hours. Like, it's going to take me three. I write it. I, I try to do a decent job. It's a birthday. This guy watches Shores. He's a big fan. I think I can just be happy fucking birthday and turn the camera off, right? So please stop asking me to do these for free. And I, because I, I hate saying no to people and seeming like a pretentious cunt. And I really fucking do. But it's true. I can't do them for free because it's part of my livelihood, first of all. But I got to get the ones people respect me enough to pay 134 bucks for this. Well, I'm going to do a good job. And, you know, at times like this, um, you know, I'm just reminded, like, it's great to have fans out there that think enough of me and of the show to pay this kind of money for happy birthdays and shit. But anyway, um, so yeah, I don't mean to be a dick. I get a lot of messages and I love interacting with fans. I really do rather do it in person, but you know, the answer is no, I can't do it for free. Um, God, I sound like a fucking dick. Anyway, that's it. Um, and you know where the money for these go? It goes to Penny Lane's college. I, I got I, these go into an account, and I never want to look at it ever. I never want to look at it, and that's the truth. I have a separate account made for it. Every cent that I make comes straight through and goes in to that bank account. I have it set up that way, and I'll never look at it until she's eighteen. She's done high school. I guess the cat's out of the bag. No one really knew that. Now she's going to find out because inevitably someone will tell her. But if they don't, then yeah, it's going to be a surprise that she gets. Here you go. Boom, daddy. Whatever the fuck it is, this is my cameos for the last six years. Shorzy could be well over. I really don't know. I got my fucking fingers crossed that this keeps going because I'll never get this lucky again. But... um. I can't really say that, but I really did. There's hard work that goes into it, but man, we got lucky with this. Thank you, Jared Kiso. I say that every goddamn day. But that's it. So she's going to have... It adds up, man. It's already thousands. Like, I've made in a year and a half. And I don't even want to know exactly. But I want it to be... There is part of the site that you can use for that but I, I tend to not go there um, I looked at it like six months ago and I was like oh my god she's going to be pretty happy you know she's going to be happy she's uh, my goal is um, to pay for all her schooling and hopefully if there's any extra whatsoever um, you know maybe a vehicle or something but this is Penny Lane's money not mine uh, oh, lastly, you guys, a lot of people ask me what books I read. Okay, this is my, uh, if you're on YouTube right now, I'm holding it up. Chuck Klosterman. That's my favorite writer ever. He's an essayist, okay? There's a book called Sex, Drugs, and Cocoa Puffs. It came out in the 90s. It's just really, I don't know what to compare him to. Maybe Hunter S. Thompson, those of you that are into him. Just being in that it's weird, it's creative. This latest, that's my favorite. My favorite book is um, Sex, Drugs, Cocoa Puffs. So this is right here, Chuck Klosterman, The 90s. And it's his take on The 90s. It's just fucking great so far. Um, again, a lot of you ask me what I'm reading, so that's why I'm bringing this up. Um, 
it's oh God, how do I even explain this? I, I don't know. Uh, it's a lot of rambling thought. It's like almost listening to one of my podcasts. Like it's rambling. You, you've got to like, okay, put your thinking cap on. Like you've got to strap in and you can't be daydreaming while you're reading this. It's all over the place. But he'll often bring up like, say, okay, just, it, just like, it's hard to boil it down to any one thing in particular, but he's, he's speaking about how in the nineties it was cool to be uncool. Like, you know, um, think the grunge kind of movement, Nirvana, never mind the, the video smells like teen spirit. Uh, you know, it was cool to not give a fuck, you know, and, and do angst and teenage rebellion and generation X, they call it of, of which I'm one of, uh, and you know, and now, how things have completely changed in 2023. It's all about selfies and marketing. And, and even then, even though there was a, a, you know, that it was cool to be uncool thing, but it was a contradiction largely. There was, because it was like a lot of these artists that, you know, said, don't be a sellout. Remember Neil Young, this notes for you, right? He's, he's, he's fucking pointing his finger at the big fucking companies. Um, Coke, Pepsi, fucking beers um he names them in the song fucking right but but he himself did all kinds of selling out right he sold his songs as well um he did all kinds of specific again i i don't know that I, I can't remember specifics and he hasn't gotten into that yet he's just kind of on the precipice of it in this book but that's that's the point like you know he, he, it was cool to not be a sellout by being a sellout, right? Like I love Green Day, but they're based in punk. The, the whole punk movement kind of came from, you know, we're poor, we don't give a fuck. We don't want the government. Fuck you, anarchy in the USA. Fuck, you know what I mean? Like the, the fucking clash, right? Like coming from London calling, you know, really brilliant band, but it was almost about being, you know, what's the word? and not a sellout like a, a uncommercial fuck you i don't care if our songs are hit meanwhile good thing our songs are hit because i certainly like traveling and i like big houses right <laughs> like you know it almost became a tongue-in-cheek thing with green day um but i mean i, I really really like green day um even nirvana now I, I, in, in a way it partially killed kurt cobain all the fame and i don't think he knew how to deal with it but you know, David Grohl, you know, Foo Fighters picked up kind of where Nirvana left off. Uh, Nirvana's one of the greatest bands ever, obviously. But, but you know, they Kurt Navelstelic, is that how you say the other band member's name? Kurt? I forget how you say it. I think that's it. They became, you know, gazillionaires and enjoyed it. I'm sure David Grohl is... Like, I don't know, I mentioned NWA. You know, I'm sure that the music came from somewhere real. Like, you know, I mean, obviously it did. That's where they grew up. That was their roots. That was, but eventually in the late nineties, you know, Ice Cube is, you know, living in Beverly Hills, right? <laughs> like on a TV show. It, it's so it's all a little bit of a contradiction. So that's kind of the premise of this book. Um, just how to absorb the nineties. Like, is it really what we remember? You know, the undefinable decade, kind of has some definitions to it right um and anyway so it's the, it's the whole book is is 
unpackaging the 90s kind of thing, but only as only Chuck Klosterman could. So that's what I'm reading. Um, thanks for tuning in. I had to go now get ready for the Jason Greger podcast. And uh, thanks again to uh, Glorious Sons. And for each of you that listen to me ramble every week, I fucking really appreciate it. I, uh, I love what I do. And um, I, uh, I'm forever grateful. For this podcast, for Shorzy, and uh, for for each little opportunity. But, um, you know, as I sit here in my hotel room, feeling a little bit lonely at times, I just miss my daughter so much. I miss home, but I, I really, 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 really miss Penny Lane. I feel like part of me isn't here, isn't, you know... But anyway, I and I, I have to be reminded I'm speaking into this microphone and there's tens of thousands of people going to hear this in just a few hours and or starting in just a few hours. And um, it makes me feel, I don't know why, a little bit less lonely to kind of spend the time with you people. There you go. I couldn't say it any better. I couldn't explain it any better than that. Um, so thank you. Uh, and by the way, if any of you are in downtown St. John's and you want to go out for a night, have a few drinks, you know where I'd go? I'd start at Trinity Pub and I'd make my way up the street. I'd go to TJ's Pub for sure for one. I wouldn't want to not go to Rob Roy Confusion and check out what Kevin English got going on. So I'd stop in there Then I'd go maybe to the Martini Bar and, um, definitely the Bull and Barrel. And I'd finish up watching some great live music at Greensleeves Pub. One of those guys I mentioned earlier. Nick Earl, Derek Graham, Dave White, Chris Ryan, Damian Follett, just some of the local legends that grace the stage of Greensleeves. I really miss Greensleeves. It's, uh, guys remember the TV show Cheers? It's kind of the way I feel about it. I feel like, you know, you're a regular there, I guess. I go there at, uh, I don't drink a lot. One, well, what's... I get hammered once a week. Not usually on fucking Wednesday night, though. Um, but, of course, I'd rather see the glorious suns and have a few drinks than not. That's just me. I'm not going to apologize. Uh, but I do go down to Green Sleeves. Even when I'm not drinking, man, I drop down for a bite to eat. It's nice to watch some live music at a, at a nice venue. Anyway, I love Green Sleeves. Uh, so check that out. And upstairs is the loose tie. What a great spot to have a meal. Speaking of great spots to have a meal, check out the loose tie, but also Merchant Tavern, Blue on Water, and Wedgwood Cafe. Peter Wedgwood also caters, and he's great at it, so check that out. Peter Wedgwood, shout out, by the way. Thanks. You're one of those listeners right from day one, and I really appreciate you, buddy. Um, and uh, I'm not kidding. It's great food. Check it out. Like having lunch at Wedges, great, great place to have lunch. Uh, uh, if you want to work out, you want strength and balance for the body and mind, look no further than power conditioning on Rope Walk Lane. Ryan Power is as creative with his workouts, interactions with customers, physiology, kinesiology, whatever you want to call it. The guy knows the human body. Played hockey pro hockey, real, one of the fastest players I've ever seen. It's no fluke that he trains Alec Newho Alex Newhook. But um, 
Ryan, again, I'm not just saying it. I've got no reason to say this every week. He helped me out. He helped me out. I've got no reason. It's nice. not a paid ad. I say it because I watch that guy with my own eyes transform lives. Not every one of them an athlete. I told you guys about Janet Cole, one of the best local musicians. There you go. I'm going to talk local musicians in fucking St. John's. Check out her, Janet Cole, the voice of an angel. No shit. Well, um, oh, excuse me. <clears throat> Sorry about that. I have the internet. Speaking of bad internet, it went for there, there for a second. But anyway, Janet Cole transformed. Like, it's not like Janet was big and fat or anything. She had a few extra pounds on, I guess. I mean, I don't want to say that. She's an attractive girl. I just mean that I watched it. I watched her go in there like a non-athlete. I mean, she could have been. She's athletic. Grew up out in St. Anthony. St. Anthony Bite, to be honest. Small little place, northern coast of Newfoundland. Like, like fucking way up there, 12, 13 hours from St. John's. And uh, anyway, so I don't think that she had, like, when I say non-athlete, I just mean, like, wasn't registered for sports. Like she's in there. She's coordinated. But anyway, like I'm saying, he's, he doesn't just, you know, train professional athletes or anything. The ones you hear about, Maggie Connors, shout out Maggie, just got drafted to Toronto, going to play professional hockey, first Newfoundlander female to do it. Uh, but he trains her. He trains Alex Snowhook's sister, Abby. She's one of the best players in American college hockey. But, you know, he also trains all kinds of people that you don't hear about. And I watched Janet, man. Like, Janet would hike, and she was fairly active, but she wanted to, like, tone up a little bit. And once she went in there, and, like, I saw the physical transformation in a month. Like, I've never seen anybody, any athlete ever before. And that's what Ryan does. You want it? You want your body a certain way, he will fucking shape it. I promise you. I worked out with him for, what, three or four months? You look at me in Shorzy, too. That was hard. But I only went in there Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Now, of course, I ate well, and I did cardio every, almost every single day, man. I do cardio to some degree. Um, but he, you know, all of that, those, you know, Kisa wanted me to get bigger for reasons that you see now. As you watch it, but uh, it was part of the plot. But anyway, it was Ryan Power, man. I told him what I wanted, and boom, I was fucking, what did I put on? Like 15 pounds of muscle, right? Um, so anyway, shout out to him. What was I going to say? Oh, Mr. Lube. Yeah, two locations, Torbay Road, Camout Road. Chris Sparks, one of my best buddies in the world. We just won a world championship in uh, ball hockey two months ago. Well. Sparky, um, Sparky owns the Mr. Lubes. And uh, if no, if for no other reason, go support one of the finest athletes Newfoundland has ever seen um, in being Chris Sparks. Really, you look into it. We've won baseball championship, won a city baseball championship together. We won a herder uh, together, which is a Newfoundland hockey championship. The, you know, the senior, very coveted trophy that meant a lot to win one of those. And uh, did it with Sparky. And then we won a national championship together in ball hockey. And now a world championship together. And we got a world bronze as well. But Sparky and I have been teammates across three sports. We've been roommates in 
multiple different countries. We've got championships on a local level, a provincial level, a national level, and a world level. No shit. So, uh, I don't know. So go support Mr. Fucking Lube. <laughs> I just mean, you know, I don't talk about guys like that. I, I, I've asked Sparky. I want to get him on my podcast. No shit. Look, think, I never really thought about it like that until I'm talking about him. But yeah, a baseball city championship. Yeah, provincial with the herder, the national ball hockey and fucking world wild. And that can be also Mike Dyke. He's another guy. So two of those guys have, have been on all those teams with me. Wild, man. Time flies. But uh, yeah, two of my closest teammates ever. I'll have Sparky on. Maybe I'll have him and Dykster on. Maybe I'll do that. Anyway, shout out to Chris Sparks. Where the fuck am I here? Uh, Corey Gregory, True Hockey. Take what's yours. Thanks, buddy. And of course, Pitbull Pain Relief. The pain sticks that just don't quit. My buddy, have Merle out in BC. Thank you for hooking me up. Um, if you're an athlete and you have a lot of dings and injuries like me, muscles get sore, this stuff's great. It's like a fucking... It's like it looks like underarm deodorant, and it's just like uh, it's an A535 type of thing, but better. And uh, anyway, check it out. They, uh, I haven't heard anybody complain. He sends me them, and everybody that's I've played soccer or ball hockey or baseball or hockey with, I haven't heard any complaints ever. So anyway, check it out, guys. Listen, thanks very much for tuning in to Tales with TR 181A. Uh, I'll be going on with Jason Greger now in uh, in an hour, which probably will be in the past by the time you guys hear this. But uh, thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. And I promise you, I fucking promise you that in two days from now, I'm going to have a great guest for 181B. We're going to the Raptors tomorrow. Watch my Instagram feed. I'm looking forward to it. I've never been to a Raptors game. going to head down with Doli, Dolo, Goody, and Tassia Tellus, who plays Nat. So, check it out, and I will be back in just a couple of days with an awesome guest. I just don't know who it is yet. Thanks for listening. Catch you guys on Rebound. Bye.